24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Spice FM 98.8 FM. You're listening to Mentally Sound here on Spice FM. think we maybe want to hold you in our arms <laughs> intently while you listen to the wonderful that is mentally sound here on Space <laughs> FM 98.8 FM with yours truly. I am Mr. Stephen Hesterwood along with my co-host Mr. Ricky Famine. Hello and welcome. This is Friday. It must mean, I was going to go like it, must mean shop, 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 but it's, that's not what I'm about to say. It must be mentally sound afternoon oh. here on Space FM. I was hoping you say crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crunch time. <laughs> Um, yeah, get your get your other chocolate bars available yeah. <laughs> at any random store. <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, this is um, 
as I just said, Spice FM, so it must mean that it's mentally sound, because we're here every second and for Friday live, and then it's repeated the following week. Um, so we're on literally every Friday afternoon on Spice FM, and it's the show all about mental health. So this is your first time listening uh, to our uh, very, very enjoyable show. Uh, well, we certainly think that, but we're biased. Um, yeah, is we talk like the disclaimer at the beginning of the show is that we talk about all things mental health um, so that might mean that we talk about taboo subjects um, we might talk about stuff that might seem um, a little a little difficult to hear at times but the whole point is to be open minded and um, to be honest about stuff and to do things in a manner that um, you know that, that we're able to talk about things in a in a less judgmental world. And of course, um, say professional health. Yes, you know, GP. Yes, of course. Yeah, if there's anything that comes up, we usually signpost, and yeah. we have charities and stuff like that on who usually provide services of mm. some description. Um, and obviously, uh, other than the nationally known ones like Samaritans, etc. Um, yeah, and we're based in the northeast of England, so a lot of stuff that comes up is on there. But we're trying to branch out into national stuff at the same time. And yeah, um, it's uh, it's a really good show. So I hope you agree. So we're going to be here till uh, two p.m. today because we're on twelve till two, and um, whenever we are on air, and uh, we have a packed show as always. And a great credit to my co-host Ricky, who you just heard a brief second there. So. Um, before I catch up with him, and we have a little bit of a, of a chin wag, because usually sometimes, well, or sometimes we have guests on right at the beginning of the show, but actually uh, at this moment in time we don't until 12.30, so we can actually have a nice little catch up, um, which is usually we don't get a chance to do these days. Um, but first of all, just to let you be aware of guests, because this is a guest-orientated show we'd like to think, hence why it's every fortnight. Uh, is we have a guy called Nicky Robertson coming in on 12.30 who's from Back to Balance who is a health and wellness centre uh, um, it's a health and wellness centre offering a range of holistic I was, I'm so pleased I got to say that right uh, therapies um, uh, which is fascinating about because I have a bad back which is <laughs> ironic um, so I'm sure I'm going to ask him some questions Listen, about that be prepared for the first ever live yeah. back massage yeah, therapy like, yeah. on, on yeah yeah, what's this swelling mean? <laughs> um, and then we've got uh, Kerry Highcock, I think I'm saying that right, um, Family Development Manager for Northeast Autism Society, raising autism awareness, which is great, uh, a subject I know, you know, not going to, um, you know, for, the, for their own benefit, not mention names, but um, I, I have people fairly close to me who have autism, so um, that's something that um, I'm more than happy to talk about. I'm glad that it's coming up, and hopefully we're going to have somebody from Missing People, Missing people yeah. um, which I thought was something to do with, um, well, well, it's a similar premise about um, the reporting missing program. I think um, um, I think they have certain input within the show. Um, yeah. Certainly the profile of Missing People has been highlighted yes. because of the show. So, um, um, which I'm actually yeah. like thrilled, you know, it was almost as if you read my mind about, like, because um, with having a bad back and just being about, uh, and just being a bit... Um, Weepy recently, as I we me and me and my partner watched an episode of that, and it was really really tough to watch, and I was mm. crying my eyes out, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. Mm. Um, it's a really tough show. Uh, you <laughs> I afterwards went, can we just watch like people being silly now? Because mm. it was really, um, it was it was really powerful. Um, but all and I've not seen you know, any episodes yet, but would it be? I mean, we'll we'll hopefully get to chat about it in depth later should the interview happen, but um. Would you say there's a, a huge, uh, sort of a large um, mental health input within? Absolutely. 
why people go missing. Yes. Because that's the reason why I booked them, because I, I, I wanted to explore that. Yes. Um, I would say, I, if I, maybe somebody will. By the way, if anyone wants to correct me or wants to talk to us, you can do so at, at underscore mentally sound on Twitter. Um, we also are on face, the, the Facebook pages. Um, Instagram. Yeah, Instagram now as well, which is excellent. Um, I did a quick look through that, which is uh, the other day, which is nice. And uh, yeah, so if you want to contact us, I have the Twitter page up open now, so that might be the best way of communicating with me because I can see any questions you may desire. If you have something mental health related that you're unsure about, please do, um, please do mention that, and that would be that would be excellent. We have a guest uh, who appears to be walking in right now, um, so Ricky's going to deal with that. Um, I want to keep talking to you and um, see what's going on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so um, very exciting. Um, and yeah, as Ricky quite mentally pointed out in terms of missing persons, because we were watching um, Reported Missing, which is a program BBC do, and it's pretty amazing. Um, and uh, in terms of powerful as well, because um, uh, and I might actually reveal this just to be completely to show that we have an honest uh, show and very upfront in the beginning. Um, are you aware, Mr. Ricky, that I appeared at a time when I was reported missing? Did I ever no. tell you the story? No. Um, there was thought I knew all about Yeah, that. yeah. I know he's like, how dare you? I know everything. <laughs> Only partners is worth to say that. <laughs> well, I think, uh, yeah, we'd be here all day if you knew all the stuff about yeah. my life. I don't know. No, no, it's true. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's interesting. And I think uh, my partner say that quite regularly yeah. is that, um, you know, this is the advantage of having friends. Is you know, you, by definition... By how long I've known you now, is you know more than my partner does probably at the minute. So, that you know, good, it's a thing. Yeah. Well, it's a bit. No, she knows all the she, she knows all the important stuff. Um, you know, I, it's the most honest relationship I've been, in, and I think that's the biggest compliment I can give it. So, mm. um, but but anyway, so yeah, the the um, so the yeah, the story about me being missing is is an interesting one because it was completely bipolar disorder related, mm. but it was also, you know, this is why mental health is so difficult to distinguish because, mm. uh, it was it was after I'd got out of hospital because mm. I was in a psychiatric ward. Mm. And I got, I was having a really, really bad time in relationship with my mum, just really not getting on with her. And because I got sent back home, even though my care plan said that I shouldn't be there because it's affecting my mental health. Mm. Um, and it was. Um, and so she kind of tried to do the wrong thing for a mental health person. When I'd got out and felt better, she tried to put me back into the place I was inhibiting, I was inhibited by. Um, and that really was hard um so i like flipped out and went you know you're not the boss of me and i basically went out of the place and got a um and got a a, a, tra- a train back to london <laughs> a train to london just for no apparent reason um sorry just letting our guest back in um yeah she's gonna have to sit down hello um yeah so um yeah um, would you say that resulted in a, a, a being a manic episode which triggered it is that what see this is the thing that's what everyone thought yeah. and i'm not denying it now looking back i didn't think i was going through one but i was incredibly angry yeah. i was over the top angry so it was definitely a manic and manic episode i didn't i didn't deal with it as as i should have done but what's interesting and i never felt that that got recognised as I went but the underpinnings of why I'm angry mm-hmm. it doesn't diminish that I've got a point mm-hmm. um, that I felt very like um, I often felt because of what I have mm-hmm. that my parents and particularly my mum kind of kindled me a little bit too much because I get that now and I've moved out four years ago and I've now got a partner and I've got a baby on the way and I still get 
my siblings in particular are kind of talking to me like I'm still 12 years old and got no idea what I'm doing. Um, and that's an interesting, I think, um, example. Mm. So what happened was I went to London. I basically just said to me, Mom, I'm not talking to you. I went out with a suitcase and I didn't tell her where I was going, but mm. she took that to the next level of, I'm going to tell the police because I'm worried. Mm. Um, so I became a missing person because even though I did talk to the police when I got to London and I just thought, well, I think nothing of it, but apparently with the way the missing person thing is and even though they had spoken to me until I was in a safe environment you're still classed as missing and was London a, a um, chosen destination or were you just not I, you not focused on I where, so, where you were going that's why it was a manic episode yeah. that's a good question because the reason it was a manic episode now looking back on it is my response was I could have went to like a friend's if mm -hmm. I was being rational I could have went to a friend's mm -hmm. I could have went to you know even just like Durham or something or Edinburgh mm -hmm. my thought was I want to get as far away from this place as possible mm -hmm. which is not clever um, I think London in a way is when you in terms of chosen destinations I guess it's it's not it's not because it's, it's London it's more I guess it's like a, seen as the ultimate escapism in a way that you mm -hmm. get lost in thought given it you know how much of a, a life it is down there that sort of well you know what it is you, you very cleverly have, have worked out exactly my thought process mm -hmm. that's exactly why I did it is I went I want to be as far away as possible because I want to make my mind better and I want as little distractions as possible which anyone rational is thinking that's crazy you went to the most <laughs> irrational city in the world yeah. um, or at least in the country um, so the, you know the most noisy I've uh, often done trips know. like that but not, not, not on a, on a missing basis but I mean I always went to like um, say for example uh, Amnesty were doing like a film show which is only maybe a half an hour an hour long mm -hmm. and I'll be like yeah I'm going to do that and I'll just go down because and for me it was in a way sort of therapeutic and uh, you know I quite like the idea that I'd be on this like three hour long train journey as well because that was you know, I could start sit in an environment, enjoy scenery, and yeah, thing, you know, in a in a very expensive way, sit in a <laughs> sit, sit in a sit in a chair. Well, it wasn't so expensive back yeah, then, but I think it would be now. So mm. Half a political point there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, the reported missing program. That's what it's called, isn't it? Because I always get the two confused. One question I want on um, that: would you, Was there a, like a triage um, system used to to trace? So not only is it police, but do they also have like mental health professionals there's, to help? Um, there's a search and rescue team, mm -hmm. so which is a, the two, so I guess a byproduct of the police. Yeah. Um, and there was like one particular guy in the episode that was tough to watch that we watched last night or the night before. Mm -hmm. Um, we watched. I, I think we watched it on demand. We didn't watch it live, mm -hmm. so I don't know when it was on. But um, yeah, there's like a whole bunch of people. They actually had volunteer. There's there's the, the, what I found quite admirable about this particular town. It was a very, very small town of, like, community of people where a lot of people just live there and, and die there and there's multiple generations of families. And they all went out and, like, helped look for her because mm -hmm. she had, um, not to spoil it for people if they want to watch it, but it is very emotionally, an emotionally charged episode, mm -hmm. is this, this elderly woman goes out for a doctor's appointment on the bus and she just doesn't come home mm -hmm. um, and then it's slowly revealed over time it's very carefully edited to mm -hmm. get a reaction out of you mm -hmm. because at first it's all like oh she might have just wandered off and got missing and then mm -hmm. they start like finding out well it's it's done in a way like the police find as the police find it out mm -hmm. so the police find out like the CCTV and she's went completely the wrong direction mm -hmm. and then it re reveals about 10 minutes in that she's got um, schizophrenia 
and she's a schizophrenic yeah. and she was going to the doctors to get her injection right. so they, they're worried that she you know had a, some sort it's interesting of a that, problem uh, just very quickly um, um my, my favorite comedy is uh, one foot in the grave and there was an episode there where m- m- the character of margaret goes missing oh yeah she um she was on her way to somewhere and s- something triggered in her head that it was a, like a childhood trauma that she'd kept and it suddenly i came up so she just jumped on a coach just anywhere and market yeah. yeah and obviously victor and, and all her friends family were like worried sick and she'd gone oh, yeah. for two for two days and all of a sudden she was back like sitting in bed and he was like where the and she explained very um yeah uh i think in a good way like just why trigger. she had to need to do that like you know a triggered thing yeah, yeah. um I was like, um, this is one of the reasons I love Only Fools and Horses as well, because there's an episode of that where Albert um, yes. feels like he's being, like he's a burden. And he um, went to some war, war. He goes to where he used to live. Yeah. Um, where he used to be, because he was in the Navy, wasn't yes, he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, but he goes back to like the area I used to be, and he went, yeah. I grew up here, yeah, and it's yeah. no longer a thing. It all, it's um, all fitting in the place now that we've had this discussion, and yeah. I think uh, hopefully if we have that interview later, it'll be more insightful. I, think. I, I really do, and I, that's mm. why I was pleased when you said like, you managed to hopefully get somebody. Mm. As that, so yeah, um, I, I don't. Th- so there's hopefully going to be a person from uh, the missing mm. people. It's essentially a charity, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, to talk about essentially the process of missing people, and that's why I'm seeing the reported missing program, which is currently on BBC, mm. actually goes through that process that police do if you reported missing, um, and they're very vigilant. Um, that's one of the things that makes you happy about that if i say happy in a relative sense because obviously if someone goes missing who you care about or anyone goes missing because we yeah. should be uh, you know a, a, a nice society you care about people mm. it's never nice to hear that so mm. you know but at least that they seem to do the best that they can so mm. um yeah it is powerful but also quite sad and it's very very interesting that you said that because yeah i would say the one subject matter other than the person being missing is that usually it's a mental health issue because there's one episode where a husband um like a, a father of a, of, of a family loses his job says he's going to the job centre to sign on mm-hmm. and he doesn't go to the job centre mm-hmm. and he doesn't come home mm-hmm. and it's the same yeah so so and there's one that's nothing to do with that, that at all but still mental health does play a role yeah. um, a lot I of the time yeah. um, and she actually I think there is a moment in one of the episodes I watched the other day where the actual police officer says it actually is quite rare that they've been abducted it's yeah. it's it's actually rarer than you think yeah um, it is usually a, I guess that's the, the biggest fear that runs through yeah people who because obviously in the one where the woman gets lost and keeps wa- mm. walking and they're worried that someone like obviously might have mugged her or something mm. like that being it because age is a consideration mm. obviously because you're mm. a vulnerable person so mm. anyway so yeah very interesting highly recommend it um and i would just say you know in the and i'm not i'm being like you know totally i'm not making a joke here when i say just make sure you watch it maybe at the right frame of mind because yeah. <laughs> i watched it really at the wrong frame of mind and it really affected me um i mean supposed to but it affected me in a kind of like um you know i, I struggled to not think about it um you know so yeah. I, I, even if you were in the, whatever the right frame of mind yeah. is I, I you know i doubt you'd walk away not being affected. no of course like, not you know. i think that was exactly my point yeah. yeah so no i don't disagree with that assertion so yeah um yeah so um yeah, so I mean, you were saying to me, I mean, you know, with, without sort of confidence, uh, breaking any confidence or anything like that, you were saying like you were not feeling that great. No, the way not had a Do you want to talk week, about it? Um, I think, yeah, it's just, I think the, I've been getting up really, um, thing is, it, there's a really weird dovetailing going on because um, running wise, you know how important running is to me. Um, <clears throat> and I've had three good sort of mid-morning sessions of running, which is when I do it. And 
I, I, you know, it's you know, fitness is important, but it is it is essentially for mental health reasons that I choose to do do that. Uh, the idea is in the sense that I'm ho- hoping that the the rush of endorphins and adrenaline would would sort of numb my anxiety. I think that's wishful thinking, and I've and I've realised certainly this week. Mm-hmm. So this week I've I've woken up and and I've had I've had a couple of days off work through it where just my anxiety has just been really really quite bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, it it was striking me uh, today as well, but uh, I mean in a, in a sense as well, it, it yeah, I've said to you before numerous times about how this show is kind of a like a talking therapy for me. So that's in a way, I, in a in a sense, that's why I asked. I was like, yeah, give so I, event. this was a <laughs> it was a good pulling factor for me to just try and you know get through it because I know um, we've not had a, a bad. I don't I don't remember us having a bad show on here. Whether it's that you know through our own sort of like you know lack of whatever, <laughs> I really wanted to make a joke there, going that was uh, wait, wait when you weren't here, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pre pre when you were a host, and it was a uh, you know it, no it, offense it, it to is. anyone who used really to work for us. It, it was yeah. a pull factor to to come in and and do it because yeah we we can talk about it. Well, we, it's the one thing it's the one thing me and you don't really have any shame over talking about what you know you just did there with your when you when you said you went missing and and stuff like that so um yeah i do as well to to hopefully say to listeners out there that you know um it is normal and to use the the, the it's almost like you know hashtags the big cliches now it, it's okay not to be okay yeah. so I'm, I'm essentially wearing that t-shirt today um metaphorically so just to sort of you know uh-huh. tell people that's yeah, yeah. You can guess first. It just sometimes it's tough. And yeah. I just hope that you know, I I always I always have the the notion that tomorrow will be better or next week will be better, and and hopefully that, that that's what gets me through in the end. Just don't give up. Mm-hmm. And also just uh, you know, caring like yeah, this is very well said, and it's just like caring sort of caring about the the other people around you as well. Because I was going to make a sort of a, a semi serious joke here, is that like you know, because as I as I said at the opening of the show, is that like I've had a bad back for some reason I think it's because I've been like you know carrying a lot of stuff recently because like obviously oh, stuff's been coming from the baby and moving yeah. yeah yeah and yeah and like the cot the cot came uh, the cot like loads of like heavy packages come that I've been constantly moving around mm-hmm. so I, I've probably just strained something but just a quick um, quick digression you talked about TV last night Carl yeah. Pilkington's new ah comedy uh, I hope you don't mention don't mention don't, uh, we've got that on record so don't mention too much but is it okay, good just, just, I, I need to mention yeah. this in context of the conversation yeah he, he is he is lifting a sofa like halfway around oh, right. <laughs> okay yeah I, I saw, we watched them the this morning interview he did a couple yeah, of days ago that, talking yeah. about it and I was like kind of pleased about it and yeah. we've got it on our on demand because where she's fat she's a big fan of him I so. have to say as well um yeah my my, my nephews are another uh great motivation factor because like you know getting a hug off them is just like means oh that's nice yeah um, have to pay to today. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. Um, but yeah, so um, yeah, well, yeah, so I was saying about me back is that like, you know, because so I've been taking like some um, some um, like you know painkillers and I've been wearing a heat patch and stuff like mm-hmm. that just to kind of um, to to feel a little bit better about it. But I've tried really hard not to moan about it because as I'm saying, my partner always has the ace in that card of like, I'll be feeling like this forever. I'm pregnant and I hate it. So <laughs> you've got nothing to fight back against, that, have you? You, you literally. But in fairness. I'm being joking. I'm being joking, and she might even be listening to this. But um, <coughs> I just mean it as in she's been great about it because she's she did say to me the other day, which I thought was incredibly kind. Is she just went, you know, you're allowed to have, you're allowed to be in pain too. And the thing is, is like yours mm. is, you know, yours is just, you know, not self-inflicted in a way. Well, it is, but you know, I know what she was, <laughs> I know what she was trying to say. Um, and I thought that was nice. She was just a caring person, so. 
Um, but yeah, you just try not to, you know. Uh, I try not to be <laughs> moaning all the time because she could quite easily do that all the time. She tries not to. So is that know. a good segue? Um. It's a good segue to oh to back trouble yeah uh, it is indeed yeah because we have a guest waiting very patiently so yeah what we're going to do now is we're going to take um, a quick break we'll play some ads uh, slightly early because the half hour ones are okay so we're going to take a break now so we can give as much time to our guests as possible because it's Nikki who's waiting isn't it yeah um, so yeah so we'll be back uh, with Nikki in the studio because she's talking about well uh, wellness then now which sounds uh, Pretty fascinating. Well, uh, in a way, kind of welcome her back because she did a phone interview with us a couple of years Oh, that's right, yes. So oh, yeah, that's mm. right, yeah. I thought yeah, I recognised it. Yeah, that's so, that's so true. Um, yeah, so that's excellent. So that's kind of nice. We're going to have an in-studio from phone interview, which is uh, new. We haven't done that before. First for us. Um, yeah, so that's a good segue to some back pain. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm going to ask for some tips. Um, but yeah, so we're going to play some ads right now, and then we're going to play uh, a song, and then we'll be back in the studio with Nikki to talk all about that on Mentally Sound right here on Spice FM 98.8 FM For the community by the community Spice FM 98.8 FM Welcome to your community announcement answer machine To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge call 0191273988 Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Kashmir Orphans Relief Trust. Aisha ki awaaz. आपको पता है मैं कोर्ट में रहती हूँ जो 2005 के जलसले के बाद ये टीम और बेसहारा बच्चों के लिए आप सब ने बनाया यहाँ मैं पढ़ती हूँ खेलती हूँ कोर्ट में मेरे घर के बाद अब बायों के लिए हॉस्टल बन रहा है रमजान मुबारक में अपनी इस्कात सत्कार और अत्याद के लिए सिर्फ कोर्ट का नाम याद रखिए कोर्ट यू के ऑफिस the same old radio sound <sighs> then you need vibrant radio spice up your life spice fm 98.8 fm I just died in your arms tonight 
<laughs> we're back on the air now, and it's just what's really, really funny is uh, we were just talking in the air going, because I was going to... Yeah, we were talking pillow talk. <laughs> pillow talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a late night talk show. <laughs> um, the, uh, Joan Rivers used to have a talk show on YouTube. Um, oh. Called Pillow. Was it? It was in in bed with Joan Rivers because oh. <laughs> of the, the obviously the the, the innuendoness of it, and it literally was that they were in a bed having a conversation, which is just bizarre. But yeah, we we're just talking there, uh, back tips there. Because I was gonna I was gonna stand up and do this, which looked weird in any way, <laughs> but I couldn't get the microphone to be high enough up because I'm quite tall, so I'm just gonna have to bear with it. And uh, then we'll like have a pillow, which I almost actually said to my partner I was gonna like bring one on the metro and just see how that does, but <laughs> doesn't quite work. But there you go. Anyway, so yes, yeah, so as we said, we're with the delightful Nikki, who has been waiting very, very patiently. So uh, welcome back, because we did. She did a phone interview two weeks. Did you say two shows ago? Two shows, two shows ago, ago yeah. I think it was. Oh, it wasn't that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So Nikki, welcome back. Thank you very much. Um. If I can get you to lean in uh, to the microphone, just do that. That's fine. Um. But yeah, how are you? How have you been since then? I guess is the first nice opening question. Oh, well, not bad at all. Just been quite busy, obviously. Um. But um. Good. I've been really excited to come here. Sure. Oh yeah. Oh, we didn't even pay her to say that. <laughs> no, but, um, I can give you my address. <laughs> <laughs> I have a baby on the way. I've got no extra money. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, cool. So yeah, because um, we were kind of obviously, as I said, we were joking about back pain. You obviously um, talking about back to balance. Um, yeah, which is the wellness, um, was sort of a well-being center and all that kind of stuff. Um, so how, I mean. Um, I know it's only been like a small period of time, but has it has there been any more news to talk about since you were last on? Is there any more more exciting stuff that you've been up to since then? Um, yes, actually. So since I last uh, cleared up myself last chatted to you, uh, mm-hmm. we have brought in a Kundalini yoga class. So ah. We've got new a new um, yoga class. I actually know what that is. I know what that is. I think. I think. Shall, I, shall we do a little quiz? <laughs> <laughs> is Kundalini is Kundalini the one where it's like um it's like te- hot temperature or something? No, that's the Bikram yoga. Ah, so that's when it. you kind of go into <laughs> uh-huh. um, Kundalini is very much a. Oh, you hold it. Do you hold it? Sorry, I know a little bit about you. I'm, I know. Was it? Do you hold the poses for a long time you in hold Kundalini? Poses for a long time. And ah. you do breath work and mantra That's work right. at mm-hmm. the same time. Right. And you mm-hmm. really work at clearing the energy. So okay. it's very much an energy based. That's right. Type yoga, uh-huh. and you tend to do it with your eyes closed, where you're working on clearing oh, right. whatever's coming up for you on your you know, emotional mm-hmm. self or your energetic self. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've just appointed two new therapists to the team, so two new massage therapists, mm-hmm. which have a variety of different therapies under their belt. So cool. they're starting with us in the next couple of weeks. Wow. So really exciting. So those are the new things which are happening at Back to Balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then other than that, you know, moving. Remind forward. us how long you've been there for? A year. So, a year. Um, huh? We opened up last year in uh-huh. August, first of August. So we've just what almost fourteen months. Yeah. Old. Yeah. So we're still in the infancy stage, but mm. obviously, you know, growing quite quickly and mm-hmm. working on doing a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And you're in amongst the sort of <coughs> Newcastle Business Park mm-hmm. sort of yeah. community there. Was that, is that indicate that the, the corporate wellness side of things, that that was like a targeted clientele, as it yeah. were? Yeah. Um, it was one of the focus points for the business that um, Claire and I wanted to um, target mm-hmm. at some point. Um, obviously, there's the therapy side of the business, which mm-hmm. we... Once we started Back to Balance, we were able to offer quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then the studio side of the business, um, workshop side, and then the corporate side. Mm-hmm. And that's why we chose 
that area mm-hmm. because we ride in, 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 in a great environment. We, like I said to you last time, mm-hmm. you know, we're on the waterfront. We're right at the end of the road with all the trees and the plants. You know, you don't even realize that you're in a business park. And we've got a lot of businesses around us. And um, as you're well aware, there's a massive mm-hmm. focus at the moment on, mm-hmm. you know, mental health at work mm-hmm. and just well-being yeah. at work. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we really are focused on providing because we can provide. I think that's the next big, I mean, we've talked about on this show a few times, it's the next big sort of stigma to crack, really, in right. terms of uh, exactly. workplace stigma, yeah. yeah. That they can't talk mm. about it. I mean, this is the biggest issue that you're experiencing nowadays in business, mm-hmm. or any business, mm. or any organisation, is that people don't want anyone else to know that something's wrong, or that they're not feeling okay. Mm-hmm. You know, they're worried about what other people mm. are going to think, they're worried about their job security. Um, also, yeah. yes, there's a lot of awareness about it, which is fantastic, but I think maybe people don't know that their um, employees or, or um, upline is maybe aware or, or, or um, compassionate enough. Mm. Maybe they worry that they're going to lose. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's a big, big thing. We've talked about this on this show before, and I was going to ask you this directly because I think this is uh, – I'm curious to think of this as you think because the, cause the, the flip side of the coin is like cause you've got the employees like you just mentioned and the employers yeah. is in their reaction to it. Um, and we talk about this all the time, and I'm curious if you think this is one of the, the main problems is the the ex, the, the, the sort of unfair – uh, way that they look at it is that that they're losing too much if a person is off through mental health whereas the argument to counteract that that we talk about on here is that all the evidence if you actually look at look at case studies and all this kind of stuff or just a general view of the if a person got time off for mental health they would take a lot less sick days off and all that kind of thing and mm-hmm. and yeah do you think, think that's a factor? I think there's a lot of education that still needs to happen mm-hmm. on um, kind of putting some steps in to prevent it from happening. Yes. <laughs> um, a lot of companies are not recognizing um, the extent or the impact that it's having on their business, mm-hmm. um, mental health at work mm-hmm. or stress at work. You know, we, we, it doesn't only have to be mental health because it's going to affect your physical body as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and they're not re- actually maybe calculating how much it's costing them already. Mm-hmm. And they think, oh, goodness, I'm going to have to give this person three weeks off now or maybe six weeks mm-hmm. off. Can we afford this? But they haven't really mm-hmm. calculated how much they've had to spend already and what it's costing the other team members in their personal selves to compensate mm-hmm. for that person not mm-hmm. being there, yep. you know, not being able to work. Properly. Is there exactly. a crossover then? And if, if someone... Do you think an, an, empl- an employee who feels, um, for example, you know, they don't admit to having a condition yet, they might use the word stress because it's a good cover to sort of mask what's really going on and therefore it's not taken seriously enough? So it's about coming clean, really. Yeah. So do, should we use the word stress more and just come clean with other terminologies, do you think? Tricky tricky situation, that <coughs> one, because when you use the word stress, what you're really admitting is that I'm not okay. Mm-hmm. If I, if I say I'm stressed, mm. you know, if I walked in here today and you guys said to me, so, Nikki, how are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm stressed. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'd think, oh, well, why is she stressed? She yeah. should be stressed. So you, you really immediately get a, you know, mm. a little mental clicking going on in the head going, mm. well, why is this person stressed? They shouldn't be stressed. Mm. So, yes, there needs to be a more, uh, there needs to be an openness, but I mm. still believe there needs to be an education yeah. on what people are really saying when they're stressed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. maybe other words can come through, like mm-hmm. actually 
physically I'm not okay. Yeah. You know, I've got pain in my body and that's draining my energy or I'm not in a great emotional space today. Mm -hmm. And then people can just be compassionate towards that rather than, oh, I don't know what to do now. What does that mean? I'm too scared to ask the question. It also relates to honesty as well because obviously when you apply for that job and you have that question, don't you, what condition things do you have? Some people are honest and enabled enough to admit to these things, I think, but I, I would say the majority probably aren't because it might hinder their yeah. chances of getting... Unless yeah. you're being interviewed by someone who's already well, yeah. had that. So it's potluck, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. So, someone, so again, education. Though. Mm -hmm. The more mm -hmm. you can educate people and get them to understand. Mm -hmm. you know, th I mean, my personal belief is the only reason we're in this situation is because we've sped life up too quickly. Yeah. You know mm. what I mean? Like I think that. Everyone yeah. is on a rat race. You know, mm -hmm. I see it in, in children. Mm -hmm. You know, you see kids. I, I, I've got two young boys. Mm -hmm. I give them massages regularly. Mm -hmm. They are tight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And you think, they're young. They should yeah. not have the stress in their mm -hmm. shoulders. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We shouldn't. We should not be seeing that in our children. Mm -hmm. We shouldn't be seeing it in our young adults. We shouldn't be seeing it in any of the adults. Yeah, because I, I, I think it's the way I sort of observe it. I used to work as a youth worker and stuff like that. And um, I know you just see it in like other people's children as well. Like you just were saying, is that um, it seems to be like unnecessary expectations so young, like a, 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 an expectation in just like a kind of fleeting way. And also the expect, um, that expectation is actually quite trivial. It doesn't actually have any like foundation to it, is, uh, is the way I like to say it, is that um, it's not focusing on stuff that actually ultimately matters. Um, and also, uh, I think it's a bit like, <laughs> so we want to go back to like, like William Wordsworth or something, and that like it, the innocence of children, and that like there's nothing wrong with children just learning the way that they need to develop and all that kind of stuff, and not everyone's going to be developing at the same level that's constantly. That's yes. And that, but I mean that that leads to a whole other complicated issue of like, and we've talked about this on the show before as well. Like the school system is is flawed in that sense because it doesn't encourage people to develop at their own time. They're all taught the same thing, and and um, yeah. So I I'm I mean, do you think I mean this is obviously an obvious an obvious question in this day and age, but I guess it feels it's appropriate to ask. Is do you think uh, you know you mentioned like sort of. We mentioned expectation. Is distraction a, a, a part of it as well? Because you know, because technology being the way it is, I mean, I'm, I apologize. I mean, it comes across now. I realized how rude I was there before because I'm constantly looking at screens now. But that's my job, so I don't feel that that terrible about it. But you know, if this was in a restaurant and we were having dinner together, <laughs> that would be a little <laughs> bit rude. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, but so I mean, but yeah. yeah, talk to us about like the sort of serious. And in relation to people that you probably see in your centre, I imagine, yeah. um, the, just the tension everywhere, over overbearing. Well, I don't mm -hmm. even know that I, I'm the one who teaches the mindfulness and meditation. Yes. Mm -hmm. we, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. For, for me, distraction is one of the biggest things, and it's one of the things that I focus on a lot. Mm -hmm. I've got mindfulness <laughs> written down here. Just Dory. Every time he sits there, he's like, Another question. Not just question. Already, oh, already got. Yeah, yeah. They've already talked about mm. it. Damn, the, the mark of a journalist. Yes, I need to freestyle more. Yeah, yeah. Distraction. Mm -hmm. Distraction is one of the um, leading causes to the stress, the mental, the, mm -hmm. the mental agitation we have. But we 
are distracting ourselves because we are so mentally agitated. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> no peace within the mind. Yep. Um, we've been taught through generations, you know, and I've kind of I've lived around in you know different countries, and mm-hmm. um, so I'm looking at different mm-hmm. countries here as well. Mm-hmm. We've been taught across the globe that mm-hmm. you you know keep quiet, you know, shut your mouth, you know, why are you crying? You know, Mm -hmm. as children, we've been Mm -hmm. taught not to express ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that all starts to bottle up within us. Mm -hmm. And what we start to observe as children is everyone else rushing around. So children end up starting to distract themselves as well. Mm -hmm. And you have, across all generations, this this need to distract because what they're doing is they're really Mm -hmm. avoiding whatever Mm -hmm. is going on within Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm because they're afraid to look at it or they don't mm-hmm. know that if they look at it that they're going to be able to look at it safely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's going to be someone there who's going mm-hmm. to be able to say well that's okay you know I can take you through this mm-hmm. process so it's distraction is avoidance of the key problem the yes. the, the, the actual Emotional core yeah. problem yeah, yeah. Um, um, and it and unfortunately what you describe in there which is very very well put it triggers a circle you can't get out of exactly. um, because you're using the distraction to distract yourself from the thing that's creating all the distraction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as it's a hard, tough as thing. As a meditation teacher, the yes. big thing I get all the time is, you know, I always say to people, well, you know, try and set aside some time to meditate. Mm. And they're like, I don't have time. Mm. We've oh. all got time. We've I'm all a got huge time. It's yeah. what we use with our time. Mm-hmm. If you kind of yeah. take all those little gaps of time that you're just sitting on your phone or just on your gadget trying to waste time you know you'll have you'll have valuable time on that point though because in relation to my own anxiety i i have ptsd which is you know my my conditions anxiety plays a big part of that and distraction is a big key on how i combat it but um, my question is should i still rein in the original it be in touch with the original trauma in in a sense what i mean by that is is that if i distract myself too much when I go back to trauma, when I go back to that that whole place, that dark place, it feels like I'm like crashed back, bang wallop back down again. Mm. As if, do you see what I mean here? It's like I, it's I can't neglect it too much because then when it hits me again, it, it hits me with a bigger impact. If I acknowledgement, basically, so it's, yeah. it's like really why are you distracting? Are you mm. distracting because you're trying to avoid the impact of revisiting mm. it? I guess so. When you when you're talking about like you know flashbacks and things and, yeah. and um, um, you know anxiety attacks, you know it it sort of brings it on. You know those those classic panic attack symptoms, but you know heart palpitations and things. Yeah. So I'm always you know I mentioned my nephews and they're and they're brilliant and you know they um, anchor you, they ground you. Yeah, yeah. So they when you're feeling quite distressed emotionally within yourself, mm-hmm. it's almost like being in a tornado, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's your anchor point. Mm-hmm. Will, yeah, will so. Play. You know, with meditation, you mm. would teach people to anchor through the breath, mm-hmm. and that brings mm. you back in. So when you start to visit the situation, mm-hmm. you can visit it in a in a more peaceful way, in a solid anchored way. You're not being so. It's a different way of thinking, different way to approach it, and then that yeah. Okay. Yeah, I often find that's a very very good question. Very shows a good level of self-awareness that you have like um because that's something i went through a long time in therapy doing mm-hmm. um because i have bipolar disorder right. um so the problem i have is that i i i get incredibly i have incredibly overwhelming emotional reactions to things um so distract like so sometimes it's what i've learned is what 
I think the key to anybody's mental health, or and particularly if you've got a disorder that constantly is 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 like sort of after you, or whatever the right terminology is, is to find out what suits you at the time that you feel it, and that's like kind of the key, like skill. And what I find interesting, which I think this is where people like you come in because you like unlock what the, you actually realize that you do have actually the tools to do that and you're not actually aware that you're doing them a lot of the time and because sometimes people used to go well you're like more intelligent than i am or anything like that and then i realized no it's not it's that i've 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 took the the leap of going to someone like yourself yeah. and saying and they've shown me that like actually in this scenario you actually did something that that, that was acknowledging how you're feeling and doing the correct course of action yeah. to mm-hmm. stop it from getting any worse mm-hmm. yeah. um and that happens a lot um because you know what i find interesting is that like for example you know i'm, I'm a bit of a, a i'm a nerd so like i like playing like video games and board games and stuff and i constantly say to people that like for a mind that i have that's overbearing and often i overthink far too much and and so that's not necessarily me distracting myself in a conscious sense it's my my the way my brain works um so i have to um focus on something and then because it requires you to be good in order to have that attention you have to like you do as much attention as you can to be good at games is that that like stops my brain so i actually can you know relax and yeah and i don't it it stops me thinking about the rest of the world because i'm like sort of dissected into yes exactly yeah that's yes yes um and it's it's amazing when i talk to friends and family about that who are less sort of experienced in that sense that they they think if they distract themselves with something that has a huge benefit like it does me that they take it in their life is that they're doing something wrong or that they're doing something that's not allowed and i say to them quite basically it is okay to do something just for the sake of making yourself mm-hmm. feel better mm-hmm. and I, I don't really that yeah as well yeah you know, a lot of people don't um allow themselves any self-care time yeah um they for various reasons yeah maybe because of other people's perceptions of what that self-care is um mm. but self-care is really important we all need to be focused yeah. on self-care i'm just tracking back a little bit what i wanted to um say yes. you know you were talking about um Earlier, um, Rick, you were saying, you know, when you when you're going back into the situation, and for you, you were saying um, that sometimes it's so overwhelming, and you've gone and you know and had therapy before. Mm-hmm. That sense of empowerment is really what gets you through it. Yeah. So there's so many different tools and so many different therapies mm-hmm. which are available for mm-hmm. people nowadays, which mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yeah. Um, your journey is your journey. Yeah. It's exactly. very personal mm-hmm. and very individual mm-hmm. journey so what mm-hmm. may have worked for you is not going to work for yeah. you yeah. Um, so you really need to find the right therapist the right therapy to suit you on your in your journey um, and the most important thing that you need to develop in that journey is that sense of power I can I can get my power back here I'm really in control because when you when you're in a really stressed state or in an emotionally mm-hmm. difficult place you don't feel in control at all mm-hmm. yep yeah. this yeah. thing yeah. has got a control over you yeah. and it's very disempowering mm-hmm. and it's hard mm-hmm. to to feel whole again yeah um and that empowerment is one of the key things that you need to start mm-hmm. working with as well as self-esteem and all of that but that self-empowerment is really important yeah. to build in yeah so that the person can really feel that they can do it on their own mm-hmm. that they don't mm-hmm. become dependent on mm-hmm. 
Because, because, uh, yeah, because the thing that I that's exactly right. Because what I'm saying is through the experience, and then like sort of somebody just telling me the tools I already had, mm-hmm. I can now acknowledge when I feel something that I shouldn't feel, and then respond accordingly, and not. Uh, um, and I, I can give a great example of that happened the other day because my back pain was really starting to bother me. We'd had a, we'd had, me and my partner had had a stressful day. Um, and so I got home. I made a decision to um, not see my mom because my mom's in care at the minute. So I was like, I and I made a decision that it was great because my partner was very reassuring because I still had that that pinnings of a person who's guilty about making time for myself. And then she went, but your mom's not going anywhere. Like, because I felt guilty about not being there for someone I cared about. But then she's like, how can you care for them when you can't care for you? Um, and it, which is a brilliant thing to say and she's absolutely right but the point I'm making is that I I ultimately made the right decision and then when I felt myself getting agitated because unfortunately with bipolar disorder you very often the times get irritated for no reason um, is I told her I was irritated I said I need to be on my own which is some people think is wrong but I think that's entirely appropriate when you're not feeling the way you are um, and I did what I normally do which is I meditate, which I I'm a big fan of. I talk about this talk about it on this show all the time. Um, it's it's done wonders for me because it's just a simple case of stopping what you're doing and not letting the stress overwhelm you and just basically go. I need to not think of things. Um, which sound again, I, I'm I'm curious to ask you just directly. Like, do people find that like they don't quite understand what you mean when they say don't think of anything? Because some people I've met don't actually know what that means so i'm curious to know how do you phrase it to people when someone asks you that like yourself like if someone comes to you and says i want you to think of nothing does anyone actually say i'm not sure what you mean or anything like that or i'm just curious as how you approach it i think it's more that they don't understand how they can not think of yes. anything yeah because um, nothing's a relative term i guess yeah. yeah yeah um and i don't it's more about I focus more on letting go of the thought as it comes up. Yes. Um, because for the, if you say to them in the beginning, "Well, we're going to think of nothing now," <laughs> their mind's going to be, "Well, now is a great time to tell you about these five million things <laughs> yeah. being storing in the background." Wait, I'm not so, finished. Yeah. So it's really about teaching them the tools. You know, as, as, you know there's different ways to help them just let mm-hmm. go of all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's You're right I'm on the self-care thing because <coughs> I I do feel elements of guilt elements yeah. of um, shame when, when I can't for example attend somewhere because I know I need to I need to take time out for, for self care reasons but it, it dovetails with the feelings of oh no what they're going to think of me and, and you know I feel selfish when I know I'm not you know because there's, there's nothing more than me wanting to be there and interact with people but the, you know you, you sometimes you feel that you need that time away but it's convincing that crowd isn't it it's, it's tough and, and some will get it some won't I guess mm-hmm. But education yeah. goes back to that, doesn't it? But also, a lot of it is, it's sometimes, this is learned behavior. These are learned, so I mm. call them programs. Mm. A lot of this is programming that you've experienced mm. as a child. And I'm not saying directly <coughs> from your family, but this is society's programming. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, we grew up with parents coming out straight from the war, you know. Mm. Um, so money doesn't grow on trees. You know, if you don't work hard, you don't get things. So that was my dad's favourite saying that. Yeah, so you, you know, you grow up with all these things and, yeah. and you see um, adults around you behaving in a certain mm. way and using certain mannerisms and you've absorbed all mm. of that and then you enter into your adulthood yeah. and you're trying to be the best person you can for, be for yourself mm-hmm. and you're trying to play for yourself mm. but you can't because mm-hmm. 
your memory has stored all of these things yeah. and it's feeding that back into you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're trying to be like well I need this time to rest and you're feeling more and more agitated yeah. mm-hmm. so a lot of the time you've got to think back on where's that coming from you know is yeah. this really me mm-hmm. you know um, why uh, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling this now is this really me yeah. or is this um, something else that doesn't uh, belong and to also you can let it go mm-hmm. that way absolutely and also a super super powerful point that I got told because I think the other thing that makes people scared about going to therapy or talking about their issues is that they they expect I think the other sort of like stereotype the society things is that like you know it's a bit like I, I get annoyed like about 28 days in rehab for example or like that it's a quick fix and it takes a long long time oh, yeah. and um, I, I don't think people like hearing that but the way I always can I mean because I've had fortunately because I'm, I'm, I'm an open book I talk about everything but um, so I talk about therapy because I've been in therapy a long long time is that I I they, when they ask me, I go, well, look at it this way, because learned behavior, I always forget that term, but it's a very good description for it, is that if, you're, if you've learned something like a bad, let's say it's a bad habit, and something where you do, you know, be a bit overly self-critical, then if you, if that, whatever that period of time is, it might take exactly that period of time to get up, to actually learn, to unlearn the thing that you've got, you, that you're doing that's like you know not very good for yourself that's overly harsh yeah. about yourself mm-hmm. um and i think once you phrase it to them that way they sort of understand yeah. and we understand i guess because it's a collective thing of that it, it is something that you need to work on yeah. and um and by definition work on yourself yeah. um it's not and you know because we're you know you and also as well understanding your parents aren't perfect you know the you, the situation that you've grown up in is never perfect, and it's just trying to be the best person you can be, and and, and dealing with it the right in in, in as best as you in, can. Yeah. In a society that demands perfection. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is annoying as hell. False <laughs> so you're trying to understand all of that when all mm-hmm. you're seeing is the sense of perfection in everyone else, mm-hmm. and then there's the struggle again, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Can so you quickly tell us about your own personal journey? You've worked and been around the world and. You're originally from South Africa, aren't you? I'm originally from South Africa. Um, grew up in South Africa mm-hmm. from Italian parents. Mm-hmm. Um, did all my mm-hmm. schooling in South Africa. Did my <coughs> studies in South Africa. Um, worked in a clinic there. Mm-hmm. And then got married and my husband <coughs> and I moved to Asia. Mm-hmm. And we wow. lived in Kuala Lumpur for, and Singapore for close to 12 years. Wow. And that was brilliant. I loved that I loved, nice. I loved yeah. living in Asia, um, yeah. and that's really where I came into my own and worked on blending body, mind, and spirit. Okay. I didn't really have that um, ability yeah. to do that in South Africa. They were a little bit too regimental, mm-hmm. um, and I was really focused on body, mind, and spirit there. Mm-hmm. And then after um, Asia, we moved here to mm-hmm. the UK. We moved here four years ago. My husband's family's from mm-hmm. from the UK. Right. Um, so we've moved closer to family after living away from mm-hmm. family for 12 years. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. So <laughs> Very nice. That sounds... Just that a, very <laughs> a very quick question on the end of that is that how do you find attitudes here compared to the rest of the world? Are we... I know there's, you know, the, the stresses of modern life, how, how do other places take it? Um, it was an interesting question because when I first moved um, up here to the northeast. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to get used to the, um, particularly, and no offence, guys, but the male mindset of we we don't talk about our feelings. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, everywhere I worked, I had a very much split um, male and female mm. client load. Mm. Um, and whereas here, 
it just wasn't seeing any male mm. clients coming mm. through, and everyone's like, "Oh, but you know, mm. the the Geordie men don't uh, <laughs> they don't go for massages and they don't do this." And mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, we can change that." Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I have seen in the last four years, and again, this is because education's been yeah. happening, isn't it? This has been because it's it's been more accepted. We're talking about it more soon. Yeah, everyone's talking about it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so you, I am seeing a more openness. Mm -hmm. um, there, there has been like within the female population, you, you know, there has been this sense of needing to look after themselves, but it's very been very much been just a physical looking after themselves. Yeah, not. I'm still not seeing mm -hmm. the deeper work, okay. um, but I can see that it's shifting. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, I, I signs are encouraging. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah yes. I think yes. it's kind of like if you had like a, a a graph of like where it's sort of heading to the way that we want it to be, where it's like you know you, you know it's recognised and everything like that. I think it's when from we don't talk about it, it's not really a thing, or like denying it's ever mental health or anything is an issue or well-being is an issue, to the, I think we're, it's generally acknowledged that it's yeah. a thing now, I think yeah. that's the stage we're at, but I do think it needs to reach a point where it's like, um, I now see people now know the word depression, they know like even bipolar disorder or yeah. PTSD, I think there's the, the education and what things are, but how what people do about it, um, like, I know, think when is we, the, the still the issue. When we talked to um, the, the, the charity before, they talk, the, they're now tired of using the word awareness because yeah. now it's time for action. Yeah. yeah. How long That's can we use the word? It. You know what I mean? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, there's Good point. A lot of, there's a lot of help out there, but a lot of, sometimes the waiting gap's just too long. People, you know, yeah. you can't wait. Nine months. Yeah. Nine months. On the NHS, it's you nine know, months. It's, right. it's, yeah. I'd find it sad in ten years' time. You know, but talking about the same conditions we have been talking about, that we still use the word awareness. Yeah, that's a really should, powerful should, point. Should, you know, yeah. I'm so but pleased that they're doing that. Right. You know? And I think that's yeah. what you guys are trying to do. Here yeah, we hope. Well, <laughs> we, what we wanted to do, which is a shame we haven't, we, we might, uh, that'd probably be too expensive. We wanted to just put the word prevention in like one of them lights, like in Vegas behind where, and just keep <laughs> flashing constantly because that's the word that comes up yeah. all the time we talk to people because yeah. we're a big advocate of that because... Um, you know, like you just said, with nine months on the NHS, that it goes from a short-term problem to a long-term problem just by waiting that long, um, because you're not being treated for anything. So, um, you know, and people quite understandably get into a situation where they're, they're trying because the thing you should be rewarded for trying to do something about it mm -hmm. and then when you go so that's why thank god there's people like yourselves around that's able to you know that, that we can, they can do things because but it, I'm being serious is it because you know people think because there's people who don't know enough go to the NHS go I'm not very well I think I've got this or they'll say you've got this and then they'll go, okay, well, the waiting period this time. And the G, G, you know, um, GPs, quite frankly, don't do what their job's supposed to do in the yeah. sense of they're supposed to be a signpost yeah. um, because they can't really do anything other than generic. Just they might give you, you know, cough medicine or something like that. But their job is to signpost you to the right thing. But okay. mental health, they have no idea. They don't know what's going on in their own Isn't community. Um, yeah, it shows that it doesn't work as a system. Anyway, it's, um, it's, it's symptomatic yeah. of why we're here in a way. Yeah, and it's yeah. the reason that so many charities that come on here are look at the NHS system and again we're an advocate of the NHS I think if it, if it was done properly it's a fantastic idea but the reason charities and people like you exist is because the NHS can't provide all that or there's a gap and people go well if there's a gap we'll fill it with our own charity for this thing or that thing or that thing or whatever yeah. Um, but yeah fascinating discussion um, very open very open and honest which is exactly what our remit is so very very 
It's very fun. Yes. Um, so I guess final thing is just to say, so where is your centre based? And, and, you know, just a rough summary uh, would be great. So we're on the Newcastle Business Park. Yes. Um, the business right. name is called Back to Balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And how do they get, you know, how how do people, like, go to therapy sessions and stuff like that? Um, is it through you or? Uh, yes. Um, so we have different, um, there's myself, um, mm-hmm. who offers the emotional wellness. And um, we have Dr. Chris, who is a clinical psychologist. He's part of the team as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so either myself mm-hmm. or Chris, depending which avenue that they wanted to go with. Okay. Um, but I don't, I don't know the phone number. Oh. Um. <laughs> I mean, you can find well, us on the web. On the, on back the to balance will be on. Yes, yeah, you yeah, Google yeah, it. You'll be able. You'll be able to find it. Yeah, yeah. you can find. Uh, us we there. um we talked about it last time you were on, and we mentioned the number, so I'm yeah. sure people um people can, people can find, find it that way. Can go to the website and have a great location. I think. I don't think people. Uh, yeah, that's what you said, wasn't it? Yeah. Enough people appreciate the surroundings of the, the, the banks of the town in that area. Mm-hmm. I mean, I regularly go back where I get home. I've always passed through Newburn. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, it's a great little park. Well, right. it's the, the one comment I get the most as soon as anyone walks into, <laughs> really? into my room yeah. because I'm on the top floor. So you literally feel like you're sitting on the water. Oh, that know, sounds and nice. And as you walk in, everyone's like, oh, Nikki, you can go. <laughs> <laughs> I can just sit here. So <laughs> it's very atmospheric. The sense is very atmospheric. So That's good. Know, it's all it, creates that, it, it creates that first step. Mm. You know, of delayering or really. It's kind of good as well, like psychologically. Uh, I've said this before. It's very good psychologically to go from your normal life to a situation where you deal with how you're feeling. You know, it, uh, it has a good psychological impact. Conscious choice. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and just being in an environment where it's like a safe zone where you can get everything you need yeah. out of. That's when I first started therapy. You kind of get that quite quickly, yeah. um, I think. I mean, the other stuff takes time, like figuring out why you feel the way you do and all that kind of stuff. But just the feeling of, I remember it was literally felt like, you know, you had a bag of rocks and you just took it off and then left it there. Um, I think what you're trying to say is the first step goes along with yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I'm saying is that... That's really yeah. the first step. And yeah. it's okay to say um, yeah. on, on air, you know, yeah. if anyone is not certain if they want to, you know, we if... If we're the right fit for them, they mm-hmm. can always phone in. You know, we're happy to have a 15-minute mm-hmm. oh, conversation nice. mm-hmm. with them. Mm-hmm. And that's good. Mm-hmm. And if we can't help them, we will signpost them Great. to someone, you know. Excellent. So um, that's... Yeah, it's good to... Anyone who mm-hmm. is not certain about any of the therapies... Yeah. Know, we always put them, give them great. a 15 minute slot with that therapist. That sounds so great. Brilliant. Excellent. Well, do get in touch if anyone's listening to this, which is the whole point, and might feel like that in any way. They'll provide you whatever with whatever they need, and obviously give you a bit of help um, figuring it out if you're not sure. Because, like we say, you might you might know there's something wrong, but not know how to deal with it, and that's where people yeah. like uh, yourself come in, which is excellent. Even if they don't try the therapy, the the meditation classes. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's such a therapy. Yeah, meditation is good in general. Yeah, I think a lot great of for me. Yeah, I just a quick question. Are those always done in classes, or can you get individual? I do private as okay, well. So right, I've got okay. quite a few clients who choose not to come into right, classes. Right. Um, and I work with adults and children okay. as well. Great. Just yeah. That's a uh, excellent way to end. Thank you so much, Nikki, for coming in and uh, coming in and talking to us. It's been uh, immense fun. We've got to play some ads now because we want to make sure we play it on time. Um, so we're going to play some ads now, right here on Mentally Sound. And then we're going to play Mars with Pump Up the Volume, and then we might be back for a phone That's interview. My nephew's new earworm. Um, oh, is it really? Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. It's almost as if I knew. Um, okay, so we're going to play that and play some ads. Then we might have a phone interview. Have you heard yeah. back from them yet? Okay. Yeah, but, I think um, I've got an email. That I'll, I'll read it. Yeah, if you might maybe get them to ring in five minutes, would be good. But um, but anyway, so we'll figure all that out and we'll be back on Mentally Sound right here on Space of M98.8 FM. Sick of the same old radio sound. <sighs> then you need Vibrant Radio. Spice
Spice up your life. Spice FM, 98.8 FM. The new food sensation in Newcastle has landed. Food Monkey, mouth-watering curries, delicious kebabs and grill, and all your favourite Indian street food, including our infamous masala chai. So whether it's lunch, a tiki tea time snack or dinner, it's all about Food Monkey. Food Monkey, Stanhope Street, next to Hutchinson's Fruit and Veg. Search us out on social media or log on at foodmonkeyuk.com. The Glasses Factory has arrived on West Road in Newcastle. To celebrate the opening of our new flagship store, the Glasses Factory are offering free eye tests, plus a £5 voucher for each eye test conducted. The Glasses Factory are always here to help. We have multilingual assistants in Punjabi and Urdu, and also both male and female attendants. See for yourself. The Glasses Factory, 498 Westgate Road, Newcastle. Call 0191 273 8460. Log on at Glasses factory.co.uk or search us out on Facebook. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Spice FM, 98.8 FM.
on the record when the drum beats go like this. Like a real, real cool, gotta dance like a fool. 
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound right here on Spice 98.8 FM. That was Real Wild Child with Iggy uh, by Iggy Pop. As I love well. Iggy Pop. Yeah, pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I haven't heard that song in a while. And uh, yeah, um, we decided to play a couple of songs because uh, we thought um, it was... I never realised how actual long that we spoke to <laughs> Nikki for. It was quite long. Oh, um, Feet of the Devil, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it was a really, really, really good interview. Had a really, really great time. And yeah, so our guest uh, Kerry has just arrived, so um, we might get it to wait. Yeah, we'll, we're just going to get it to wait for fifteen minutes because he'll fi- fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So uh, yeah, a really unbelievable interview with Nikki. She's been on before, um, which is you know obviously as we just touched about. Because um, what I wanted to say, because we mentioned this in the in the break, hence where we played two songs, because um, we, we were just sorting stuff out was. Uh, the the thing that we talked about when she was last on Nikki was to basically just talk about how back to balance was like and how it, what it was uh, you know how it worked and all that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in any of that, the podcast that she was on is about to be released very very soon. Um, so hopefully the podcast will all be up to date. But um, Paul, Steve, yeah. um, our next guest is going to be back in ten fifteen minutes. Yes, should correct. we should we do mental health news? Yes, with we her? should. That's that's what I was just about so to should say. Should we finish our catch up between between now and then? Yeah. yeah. Well, we I I felt we. We we covered it fairly 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 adequately. I didn't really have much else to report, really, other than uh, baby, baby stuff's going well. I guess mm-hmm. I'll just summarise. Baby stuff's going well. Got the cot. Um, the <coughs> um, the lady, the our health worker, unfortunately cancelled, which was um, you know a bit, a bit of a pain. But other than that, um, yeah, everything's going okay. Okay. Um, yeah, and 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 I felt that you discussed how you were feeling, uh, which is what I wanted to get um, off. But if you felt the need to, we can talk about it later. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so um, yeah, so if you want to listen to uh, Nikki talk more about back to balance, the business side, that was on two, uh, two shows ago, and we're going to update all the podcast stuff. Um, so she was, she was, uh, she admitted to feeling nervous. I think she came across. Yeah, really it's, it's always, and I love the fact, and I'm really pleased that she said. Didn't that, realize you know, it was live radio. Yeah, no, a revelation. She, yeah. But, uh, yeah, she just, yeah, she kind of just went. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna weigh myself, like, yeah. and in, in nerve, ner- nervousness <laughs> kind of thing. But um, but no, she's fine. She was fine. Um, and I was, it was really pleasing as well that she said that you know we helped her feel you know com- comfortable. I think I'm um, very tempted to at least go down and check out the place because the way she described it was. Um, well, that's why I was kind of um, <laughs> doing the break, going like, we can come and see you if you want, yeah. and if you want to do a free therapy session, uh, I'm more than okay with that. Um, uh, but yeah, so it was. I really you enjoyed your it. Back, you scratched yeah, your back. Yeah, exactly. Quite literally, yeah. <laughs> literally, uh, as the form of uh, therapy as well. Yeah. Is back scratching a therapy? It should no. be, in a way. <laughs> I think that's. Um, I was going to make a very uh, controversial joke there and go, well, I think that's what Harvey Weinstein Keep it in, keep it in, keep it in. Don't, don't go there. Don't go there. We'll get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not controversial, <laughs> I guess, now, but. Yeah, Harvey Weinstein. Support, I that. wholeheartedly support the B two movement. Yes, um, I promise I won't get political. Yeah, the 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 um the core <coughs> of it, I agree in the principle. I do think it went a step too far at one point because we were just um you know without any <laughs> without any real investigation, they just started you know accusing a whole bunch of people. But um for the most part, yeah, it's, yeah, a, we, it's a great you know, idea. So false um, accus- false accusations is hugely um if you've been a first day affected by that, I have actually. Yeah, 
affected by that personally. Well, look at Rockstar and Palette. I mean, the the, the last few in Big Brother. I, you, I'm, you I'm not that, sure. What yeah. I mean, probably due to my hatred of Big Brother, but I just I, I sidestep. I, I gave that story a wide berth. I mean, if you want, you can. Well, summary of it's what. it's really dull, but it, it <coughs> but the premise of the fact of what you did is really kind of made people understand that like an accusation doesn't lead to someone being guilty. It's you have mm-hmm. to prove it, and the fact that it was filmed. Um, she said that she got punched by one of the like argue whether it was a playful punch or not coronation something like that yeah and he was just and what he was essentially doing i'm just gonna i know if people have seen the video of this they'll know that i'm I'm, what i'm about to do is just a reenactment for ricky just for his benefit so basically they were having a conversation in like the big brother um dining room area and he went up to him like you know did the whole like that um, like, like on her body but kind of like just playfully and then he went like that to up towards her face like as in he was like pretend punching her and he was like he didn't even touch her and you know it's a, it's a silly thing to do but he was just doing it in a kind of like just trying to be funny whatever it was she then goes to the diary room an hour later or something and says he's been hit um, and then leaves, and then leaves because she said she was like she and starts like bursting into tears and whatnot. And then apparently she had a whole history of doing this before, basically accusing a bunch of people for stuff that never actually happened. Um, she admitted that. Um, no, well, she ended up actually going on another um, another um, reality show. She went on that Bear Grylls oh, Survival Island thing. Um, and last honestly, as one the time day. goes, I thought reality TV, you know, it, it would eventually, it, you know, the bucket would be kicked with that. But it just seems to be more and more. No, it's like, what else can we do? Can we get oh. dancing bears? I mean, um, Big Brother's <laughs> on its last legs, isn't it? Didn't they recently announce oh. it's, it's finished? The, they said that when before Channel Five I think got it. Well. I think they announced I, it I a couple of weeks so. ago. I hope yeah. so. It's just it it lasted far too long, and you know a lot of the stuff. Like I, I think in the beginning, and I know that uh, on Ricky Gervais's podcast, they they've often talked about it. It's um in the beginning, you know, with 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 in mind the whole Stanford experiment thing that happened in the seventies. Yeah, there was a real kind of uh, uh, yeah. a social kind of um, uh, almost treating humans as guinea pigs. That, you know, examining human behavior to have humans in an enclosed environment and just observe from above. Um, yeah, there was probably something in that in the beginning, but it's just taken, it's gone on in so many different tangents and, you know, uh, where celebs kind of jump on the bandwagon to kickstart their career and all that stuff, and it just becomes, oh, just fair enough. Awful. No, totally, <laughs> to- totally agree. Um, I mean, uh, basically, there was an article I read about Vaccine Palette. Where just thanks, Spice FM, for this soapbox they allow me to keep under the table. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you, what? Oh, okay. Uh, I see what you mean. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, but Roxanne Pallet, there was an article just saying that basically, like reality TV, like ruined her career. But but um, I mean, kind of she ruined her career basically is my argument. But anyway, anyway, so yeah, we I would think we'd do a good ten minutes and then we'll take a break and then obviously Kerry can be here. So we're a little bit behind, I guess, because we will we'll, so we'll, we'll do around. Let's do, the no, end no, no, let's just do it now. Do we'll, now we'll, okay. we'll, well, how about we just cut it in half? So we'll do like as in we'll do half now, half later. So do you want to do a couple of headlines and then we'll revisit it later? Okay, that, sound, that seems well, a good we'll, idea. I'll bring out the first news item. Yeah, let's I think do you that. might have in, input in this. Okay, well let's do that then. We'll we've got literally by that time, Kerry. Yeah, we've got eight minutes though. Whatever you want to do with it. <coughs> so the first yeah. one, a very short story, but very, very recent. And, um, uh, yeah, it involves the, the world of wrestling. Do you, you know Ooh. Sean Pack Waltman? You know oh, him? yeah, x Pack. Yeah. It, now, correct me if I'm wrong, because when I used to watch it, was, I think was a bit before 
the time era you watch. Okay. But is he the same guy? I'm just going on by looks. So I might be wrong. Okay. Did he? Was he formerly known as the one, two, three kid? Yes. It is him. Okay. Yes. So my eyes are. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. You don't need checks. Yeah, okay. Right. So yeah, um, he sent a tweet out recently. Uh, sad news that revealed that his ex-wife and the mother of her children had. Um, well, what? She's passed. She's passed away. But she said he he, he didn't reveal specifically how, but. She, he basically said he, she lost her battle with uh, mental mental illness and addiction. Oh, this was only like two, 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 three that's days. A, ago. That's a real shame because I know a lot about him. So you, you, the you name is uh, or something. Yeah, Terry Terry Waltman was was her name. Oh. Um, I'm assuming she still carried the married name if they were married. So. I, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know of him more a lot more than I do. I've, I've watched and I know I read somewhere that he himself had he was a survivor of suicide yes. attempt. Yes. Uh, oh, yeah, I know all about this because he was on serious. There's a there's a really really good wrestling interview podcast called Sam with Sam Roberts. It's actually been taken over by Jim Norton, who I really don't have time for. But I don't know him. Um, yeah, he's annoys annoys me greatly, but. Um, he um he took over Sam Roberts' show, so Sam Roberts is now just his co-host, mm-hmm. um, which is quite frustrating because I mean, but Sam Roberts still does his web wrestling podcast on the side. Yeah. So I've watched a ton of them, being that he has a lot of old school people on, mm-hmm. and he's had X Pac on talking about a number of different things. Okay. They famously on that program before China passed away, um, had it had it out. Um, as in X Pac rang the show when China was on it because China accused him of basically setting up that whole sex tape that they were in um that she says it never was supposed to happen and he just says it's an outright lie because he had actually put out the contract uh, I don't know nothing of how about much she made anyway so, so, yeah yeah well you mean about it but basically um it's a good show and so to, to talk about what you were just addressing mm. the, i'll give you the debrief version because it is complicated but apparently he was wrestling in i think it was mexico or puerto rico or something like that and he just he's he's suffered with addiction a long long time um you, you, i think he was the classic person started with painkillers then he was substituting right. it for something else okay. kind of thing um painkillers as a result of the physical yes, injuries that he's to begin seen, with yeah, yeah. Right. and then you know booze and yeah, yeah. heroin i think it was at one point yeah. and he just said he got sick of everything um and obviously i'm not that's an obvious thing to say because he was a suicide attempt mm-hmm. but it was really serious and he very 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 close di- died it wasn't like one of these like oh like he half asked try to mm-hmm. do he literally hung himself mm-hmm. and he was like um uh, it was a wrestler or or friend of his or his girlfriend at the time literally like had to cut him down because he was close to dying oh my god um like and he was blood coming out of him and stuff like that it was horrible so um, we're literally talking a minute literally two, yeah minute literally might even have been 30 seconds or something he had to be like you know wow. severely helped wow. back to health but you know who really really helped did him did he first? wrestle after that did he come um, back did he come well, back well what happened yeah he started wrestling again because this was a while ago this was quite a while ago it must yeah. have been it goes 3-4 years ago but um so that what's really nice, it shows that there is friends in the wrestling business, is um, his old pals helped him out because they heard about it and actually who was on the way to help him because he heard that he was not doing very well is Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash was actually on a flight and actually reached them the day after, mm. so he was a little bit late to the suicide attempt. Similarly to the whole Jake um, the Snake, yeah, the wheel, the yeah, DDP him. helped yeah, yeah. Jake the yeah, Snake yeah, Roberts, yeah. blah blah blah, blah yeah. Scott Hall, mm. Scott Hall's Kevin Nash, Triple H helped out Scott Hall a million times, like, um, so yeah, so they, anyway, they, so they formed the, their own sort of union in a sense, sort of like to look after one another. Because no, because 
Well, DDP has in a sense, which is a business. I mean, that's that's the argument against them is that he basically made money out of helping people out with his friends, which is a little insensitive. And oh, okay. um, but um, Vince McMahon gets a lot of stick. But what I do know, because it's been said in a million documentaries that I've seen, is that, uh, for example, with Scott Hall, if you're in his inner circle and he likes you, um, he does help you even through the worst of times. Like he paid, he's paid for funeral bills for people. Um, I mean, obviously, some of the stuff he, he should do because he was, you know, he, he didn't exactly do them any favors, like Owen Hart, for example. Um, but yeah, with um, with um, uh, with Scott Hall, because he was a, he, he cared a lot about him. Um, he took him. He helped him to go to rehab like eleven or twelve times because there's an ESPN documentary where Scott Hall actually admits that mm-hmm. that they've probably spent in excess of over five hundred thousand dollars mm-hmm. to help Scott Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, so he says this idea that they were, they were evil and want you know just taking them for what they're worth is that they mm-hmm. spent in excess mm-hmm. when he never was even capable of wrestling to help him. So I mean, the you know, I mean, cynics may argue they just do that for for the publicity, but you know, I'd like mm-hmm. to think that they do actually you know care about someone who's contributed to them for a long period of time um, just on that whole, Scott Hall thing yes. because when I mean I'm sure my age <laughs> but in the I think early 90s when when uh, Sean came into the then WWF he was known as a 1-2-3 kid and it, it was he had a he had a oh, Scott feud Hall. with Scott Hall it was then raised one because he beat him didn't he yes and, and it was a big Hall. deal because he was like it weighed like 150 pounds or yeah. something he was tiny yeah um yeah he was a good he, good little wrestler Sean Waltman like um and yeah he's he's been for a lot so I'm really and you ha- think really I hate mean, to hear that really sad news but I mean I mean I'd be worried about his mental health now. Yeah. I would say so, but hopefully he's got enough people around him who are going to help him. But um, I'm sad to hear that because that sounds like it wasn't. Uh, it's not a good situation. But then, uh, oh well, I'm sad to hear that. But um, yeah, I, I retweeted the tweet. Um, I think you know, and, and immediately when I read the news item that went along with it, the um, as you say, the, the the wrestling fraternity kind of like tweeted back and offered sort of support and. I mean, they do. They do. I mean, there's a union in the sense of you know, they're, they're, they're one of the boys. Yeah, say. they do have like if they're particularly famous. But isn't wrestlers. that as well what we just talked about before the whole male thing? Mm-hmm. That because okay, he's in a very sort of macho image sort of um, you know business or industry, as you might say, that something like that might not be. Yeah, I've got to say though, like I say, because Sirius is X-rated, you can say what you want on Sirius Satellite Radio in America, and uh, so on the Sam Roberts show and the other stuff he's been on, um, he actually says like, you know, you know, screw it, I'm going to be honest mm-hmm. and 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 say say what happened because he's like, I don't mm-hmm. want people to sugarcoat things or to not like sort of deal with the truth, you know, and I deeply admire him for that because he he has been through a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the fact that he stuck to his guns with the whole China thing because China looked like a worm in that thing because she basically was accusing him of all sorts of stuff and he confronted her on a live national radio show to say, look, what you know, why are you talking rubbish about me? So I, I commend him for that. Um, so, you know, for all his feelings, at least he tries to deal with it as best he can. That's all you can really ask of people. I don't really think you can, you know, you shouldn't, like, lambast somebody for having an addiction only if they have an addiction and don't care. Um, because I think it's quite easy in this day and age with alcohol being legalized and you know there's there's loads of um intim you know there's loads of uh, the ability to be influenced and you know um what's the word I'm searching for like um it begins with I like um not influenced but um in like you know um 
enticed, enticed. Okay. Sorry, no, it's not an I, but uh, my dyslexia. But yeah, enti- it's like enticed to do these things. Like there's intimidate. Uh, um, uh, um, yeah, that there's not, not. No, it was a, there was a particular word I was thinking of, but enticed is good enough. Okay. Um, yeah, so like just to be enticed, like um, there's enough influences around influences. That's the word I was searching for. Um, you know, to be you know encouraged to do these things. So mm-hmm. you know. Um, particularly in the wrestling, I mean, you just need to read like the eighties, for example, when Hogan was around. That just um, the amount of drugs that was readily available is how they got through shows because you know wrestling three hundred and thirteen days a year or whatever it was that they were doing at the time is just insane. How can you how can your body tolerate that? Um, but there you go. Um, anyway, yeah. Um, so um, that's great. That that you're right. That whole section took whole eight minutes. So um, we're going to take a break now, and we're going to find our guest. <laughs> um, who's the, and I'm I'm actually going to take a loo break right now, so I might play a couple of songs. Um, but we're going to play um, um, some half past ads just very quickly, and then we're going to play a quick song, and then we'll be back in the studio. Um, with Kerry, uh, the development manager for North East Autism Society. Um, and nice to see that they've been tweeting about that, so thank you to them. And yes, yeah, so we'll be back in five minutes with Kerry uh, with Mentally Sound right here on Space FM 98.8 FM. For the community, by the community. Space FM 98.8 FM. Welcome to your community announcement answer machine. To broadcast your community announcement on Spice FM free of charge, call 0191273988. Select option 3 and record your message. No more messages. Kashmir Orphans Relief Trust. Aisha ki awaaz. आपको पता है मैं कोर्ट में रहती हूं जो 2005 के जलसले के बाद यतीम और बेसहारा बच्चों के लिए आप सब ने बनाया यहां मैं पढ़ती हूं खेलती हूं कोर्ट में मेरे घर के बाद अब बायों के लिए हॉस्टल बन रहा है रमजान मुबारक में अपनी ज़कात सदकात और अत्याद के लिए सिर्फ कोर्ट का नाम याद रखिए कोर्ट यूके ऑफिस 0300 same old radio sound <sighs> then you need vibrant radio spice up your life spice fm 98.8 fm i'll protect you from the hooded claw keep the vampires from your door like fire I'm so in love with you Dreams are like angels They keep bad at bay bad at bay Love is the light scaring darkness away I'm so in love with you Make love your goal The power of love A force from above Cleaning my soul Blame on burning Oh 
Hello everybody, welcome back to Mentally Sound on here on Spice FM, 98.8 FM. That was the the very powerful Power of Love by Ricky Goes to Hollywood and the appropriate length for me and Ricky to use the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Holly Johnson. <laughs> that was in no way a factor in why I played a five-minute song. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes when you're here from one o'clock and you're drinking, going, you want to go for a whole can of a... A thing I'm not going to name the the sponsor of because <laughs> other stuff are available, but there you go. Um, yeah, sometimes you need the, the the loo and you don't want to, so there you go. But um, better be safe than sorry, as they say. <laughs> but yeah, we were just talking about um, during the break. Obviously, um, we've got a guest uh, very politely waiting. Um, but we just the interviews the the um, the interviews that we do here are really good now, um, and I love the fact that um, I mean they they were always you know you know good in this in a sense, but I like just having open frank conversations now. I'm less scared of them. <laughs> Because <laughs> so it was like when this whole first started, it was people who just were like, "Can we just say this particular, um, you know, can we talk about this particular question or this particular thing?" And it's just nice to shoot the breeze, as they as they call yeah. it. Yeah, be um, boring if we just read out, yeah, set questions and expect, you know, set set answers to everything. I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember when a person used to say, "I once did an interview right back, at, right at the beginning, where he used to go like, right, you ask this question, like as in I was like just his puppet. He would just go, right, can you ask this question, and I'll answer with mm-hmm. the following." thing and I went I'm not doing I'm like you either do it like it's real or <laughs> we're not going to do it's like when it. you watch the end of a highlights football package I don't I don't I don't listen to the interviews afterwards because they're so bland yeah, you know, huh. it's like yeah I thought we played very well <laughs> <laughs> and I was I'm brilliant Right, okay, thank you, bye. <laughs> I do hate them. I do hate them now because they don't ask any, no, they, they don't, don't answer no. any question honestly anymore. It's all mm. just, and uh, basketball interviews are the same. They're yeah. just all this like, oh, I think our team's going to do great. I'm not going to tell you any tactics. Um, okay, is everyone done? The, the overuse of the uh, word obviously. <laughs> obviously this, yeah, obviously yeah. that. You said it, mate. It is. Yeah. <laughs> so you think you're going to do well on Saturday? Yep. <laughs> but there you go anyway we'll not keep our guests waiting any longer it's just a thought but yeah so um, autism um, which is something that um, you know as I mentioned I'm not going to go into too much detail because you know, there's members of my sort of inner circle who I, I know of autism um, it's something that I'm more than willing to discuss in a more open forum um, and we've got the perfect person to talk about it um, because Kerry is a family development manager from the North East Autism Society, which um, that's a mouthful to say. And I got through it being dyslexic. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Kerry joins us now in the studio. Hello, Kerry. Hello, thank you for having me. It's no problem at all. What a very nice, cheerful voice. Yes. <laughs> My telephone voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello and welcome. <laughs> we try not to avoid that with radio, you know, like, so hello and welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a very cheerful person. Yeah, well, that's good. That's that's pleasing, because uh, yeah, we don't want to come across doing a mental health show and be all, uh, dare we say, depressed, depressed and talk, you know, sound a bit depressing or anything like that. So it's good to be cheerful. That's what we always say. And the sun's just come out as well, so maybe it's fine. Um, but yeah, how are you? First of all, I guess it's an appropriate first question for a mental health show. How 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 are you how are you feeling? How today been? Yeah, I'm brilliant. We've been busy. We're starting quite a lot of exciting new projects across the region. So we're Excellent. busy, busy at the moment. We've just recruited for a new member of staff, so we're busy inducting um, a new family worker into the mm-hmm. team. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's all just go. I've just actually got back from annual leave this week, so I was away in Turkey last week. Oh. So I'm just catching up. Oh. 
I hope I hope this is not too much of a distraction. No, this is brilliant. This is, you know, this is what it's all about. Half into a holiday show. Yeah, yeah. It? It's like the last guest was talking about uh, Singapore and everything. Now, now Turkey, yeah. we're going yeah, right yeah. around the world. I know. Yeah, making us all feel jealous. Yeah. It's like putting our feet up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like, I'm enjoying this. Um, but no, um, so I guess like to get the the obvious questions out of the way, and then we can delve into more, you know, maybe more complicated stuff. Is to just describe. Northeast Autism Society and just tell us, you know, like how long it's been going for and, you know, where it's based and all that kind of stuff. Absolutely. Um, so we're one of the main providers of autism specific services in the Northeast to Great. start off with. We're quite a large organisation. Sometimes people haven't heard of us, which always surprises mm. me. We employ over 750 staff, so that tells wow, you how big wow. we are. So we have services all the way through from toddler groups. So we, um, you know, the youngest person we have at the moment with mm. our services is two. All the way through adulthood, so we have schools, colleges, adult services, we do employment support services also. Um, we have a whole plethora of services and really that's about looking at the need, mm -hmm. what's the need and if there's a need there and we can, mm -hmm. we can fund that need then we'll absolutely develop services. So the organisation as a whole has been um, in operation for just over 36 years now. Yeah. So we have been around for a long time and originally mm -hmm. we started because there was an absolute need for children with autism within the Sunderland region originally. Mm -hmm. So we mm -hmm. set up in Sunderland okay. um, and then we we found that there was more and more families coming forward and had to develop services quite rapidly to meet that need. Yep. Um, we're also quite um, visible around creating autism-friendly environments mm. and developing awareness and acceptance mm. of autism yeah. and other neurodiverse mm. conditions as well. Because mm. what we're seeing now is overlap is more the rule than the exception. So mm. you'll get individuals through that have more than one diagnosis. So last year we launched um, our Autism and Neurodiversity Academy, which is a training platform to educate all sectors, all walks of life, um, from schools to health to leisure centres to the local bank, um, you name it, we want to get out mm. there and do training and raise mm. awareness and acceptance, mm -hmm. really. Mm. Yeah. Make life better. Yeah, that's what for, it's all about. For, for the people. You, see that you, you said there at the beginning that you surprised you that sometimes when people haven't heard of you, is that an indication that you guys still want to expand more into the northeast? Absolutely. Or? You know, our aim is to be the provider, which you know we mm. we, we work really hard to do that. And um, I think it's just about raising the profile day by day and mm. getting you know getting the message out there about what we do. So we cover uh, you know a, a massive geographical area yeah. all the way up to kind of bear it down to Redcar. Okay. Um, you know, Teesside area, yeah. um, and it's just about really, you know, s spreading the word really about what mm. our services are, because I think for families it can be really difficult when they get that diagnosis, yeah. because they might not know where to go, and they get overwhelmed mm. with information, so it may be that they have heard of us, but they've just not retained Well, it's refreshing to hear that in a way that, because, I mean, in the history of our show, um, we, we, we try and be as regional as possible, but often at times I feel we're kind of too Newcastle-centric at times, so... As you guys, so you have bases where you mentioned Chester Street, where you've just come from. Yeah, where so else? our head office is Chester yeah. Street, but we've got, so for example, we've got a school in Sunderland mm. in the Ashbrook area. We've also got a school down in Newton Aycliffe. Um, mm. And then we have services, we've got residential day services over in Cramlington, for example. Okay. We've got an employment service in Durham and Sunderland. Mm -hmm. um, we have toddler groups across the region, so mm -hmm. in Sunderland. Um, we've got a couple in Durham and we're just moving into the Stockton area as well so we cover the whole geographical really? area and for us it's very much about what is the need for people you know mm -hmm. and there's no point us saying right we're going to um, you know do A, B and C in terms mm -hmm. of service delivery and not consulting with the people so for us it's yeah. about actually what are mm -hmm. the needs you know mm -hmm. 
And obviously, we're you know, it's the obvious thing to say, but I guess the type of show that we do is that for every particular you know ailment, disorder, whatever, however, however we want to phrase it, is comes a, a different type of care and need. Like you know, it's different for each situation or, or diagnosis. You know, how, again, however way you want to phrase it. And um, so, just to be clear, like you're specifically saying schools just for autistic people. We have we have schools for just autistic children, but yes. we do accept other also yeah um, oh, interesting. because what what we what we're finding now what research is telling us is that you know children young people and adults when we look at this concept of neurodiversity we're having lots of conditions or labels mm. as i like to call them um mm -hmm. kind of you know so we might have a young person that's got autism and dyspraxia or mm. we might have an individual who is on the autistic diagnostic pathway but doesn't have a diagnosis yet. That person still needs support just because yeah. they've not got the, the rubber stamp mm. at the end. Yeah. You know? mm. And we know that diagnostic waiting times, unfortunately, mm. are going up. Mm. Our, you know, our, our numbers are, are increasing. So we have to be flexible as a service about how we respond to those needs. Mm. Um, um, thank you for saying that because I, I, I preach a lot of the time that people always think that the diagnosis is the key thing and I often find that if you know that there's something wrong with you and as long as you if if something benefits you you don't have to have a label to for it to have an effect if that makes sense like it you makes total yeah. sense. I think you know I think the flip side to that is a lot of our families hold on to that label because that diagnosis because for some of them they'll be in the system for so long that yeah. they, they'll come to me and they'll say Kerry is this me am I still seeing these things like you know I'm seeing this and nobody's picking up on it is yeah. accurate and um, so it yeah. gives parents that acceptance and that uh, way to move forward however I also agree with what you're saying that actually let's look at children young people and adults and say right okay you've got difficulties with loud noise that doesn't necessarily warrant an autism diagnosis that warrants somebody understanding mm. you and making changes yeah. to that yeah, and I think I think I was I think the, the to 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 kind of di dissect what I was saying is that I, I you you were get, you're getting onto it is that I'm kind of more referring to when people wait for a diagnosis they don't get any treatment and I think that's kind of my my problem with it is that it's not dealing with it's a bit like you know I talk about my mother on the show for example who has um, Parkinson's and often when she's waiting for tablets to be done or to be changed um there's nothing done in the interim period of time that actually Absolutely. helps with her pain yes. and I get very frustrated um, with the way that we deal with pain whether it's a country thing or a region thing I'm not quite sure but just the fact that if someone's in pain that's less important than somebody <laughs> who needs the tablet for a, like you know a, a, a maybe a life-changing medical reason and I'm like I understand the principle because they need that medication to survive but why does somebody suffering has less less relevance I I, I struggle with that concept yeah no I, um, I, I would agree and I think that's what we see particularly um so the toddler group services is one of my services that I manage so we get children in at maybe 18 months old that are, are you know, showing some signs of concerns from maybe a health visitor point of view or a parent, parental point of view. Now that child could be in the system for two, three years till they get that diagnosis, mm -hmm. but we at that point don't say, right, okay, we're not going to support you because you don't have your rubber stamp. Mm -hmm. um, we will support them through that journey because mm -hmm. if it's going to work, you know, once they get the diagnosis, mm -hmm. it's going to work now. Let's put in the strategies now and support that mm -hmm. family. Mm -hmm. So I think early intervention is key and it's one of my massive kind of you know it, it's my thing that I kind of get on my soapbox about because it's mm. so vital you yeah. know why wait until the wheel comes off yeah so to speak. We, we we 
use the term prevention on here, but um, intervention's even better because that's even before prevention. Um, but um, yeah, we were we're a big advocate for dealing with it before it gets serious. Um, I think that happens far too much in a lot of stuff. What I thought was interesting, I don't know if you've got any particular questions, Ricky, but I thought it was interesting because I know quite a bit about autism, um, and I'm just curious as to like maybe I don't know if you've dealt with it before, but maybe like it could be interesting from your point of view. To, to know is like do you, do you, what do you know about it and have you got any questions about it from like maybe someone who's not dealt with actually, it actually most of what I learnt about autism has been through this this show actually because we've had yeah. a few um, oh, yeah. people in charities um, absolutely yeah in a way I'm still learning because I think particularly I think in my own sort of uh, Indian community as well things like these conditions and mental health in general is uh, seen as t- very much taboo. Mm-hmm. Now, Steve mentioned his mum with Parkinson's. I've had I've had one side of my family who've been really blighted with Huntington's disease to the point, you know, where we've lost people. Okay. And I remember back from childhood where they were treated like, you know, rubbish, not not at all. So I'm I'm I, I suppose I'm trying to crack through my own community stigma through all that. And so I'm I'm, I'm great that you know, I'm grateful that you get people like you will come here and explain because I think we can all learn yeah. from this. So. To answer Steve's question, no, I don't know a great deal, which is why you know I hope, hope to learn from yourselves and more. But mm-hmm. my my first question to you to to you is: when you say you're a family development manager, are you also in touch with parents who might be kind of like um, you know, like the rabbit caught in the headlights? You know, we've got a son and daughter who's uh, autistic. Absolutely, we don't know what to do yeah, about yeah. it. So I suppose that's the main area of my work really um, is supporting families both pre and post diagnosis so that's you know when they have their initial concerns following Mm -hmm. them through all the way through to um, post diagnostic support so we have Mm -hmm. families that will contact us um, that have maybe you know children three or four but then Mm -hmm. they might also contact us saying I've got a brother or sister who's 45 or 65 is one of the the, the oldest people that I've actually supported and at that point they're just actually getting that diagnosis at 65 years old and that's a whole new different you you know uh, that takes a whole lot of figuring out for that person and for us to be able to support also so I work with numerous families that's really my bread and butter I suppose it's intriguing then when you say people who've had that very late diagnosis what happened between early life and between then which meant that they couldn't get the diagnosis with stigma was it I think there's a couple of things isolation I think think there's stigma I think there's social isolation I think there's lack of understanding Mm -hmm. around what autism how it presents what it looks like but I also think we did a big campaign a few weeks ago with one of our very dear um, advocates, um, Kieran Rawls is the autistic advocate and he did a big campaign around autistic masking so it's this That's idea. That's the same Kieran we met at the premiere. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah yes. we know, we know. Yes. Oh, were you at the premiere at the Tineside Cinema? Yes, yeah, oh, Life O'Reilly. Yes. Yes, I was there. I was gonna, well, that, was, that, was something yes. that was something we were going to ask you about because yeah. I had a feeling you'd be there. Yeah, so yeah. Kieran did his amazing speech yeah, about responsibility speech, yeah. which I just found so powerful mm-hmm. um, but what Kieran speaks a lot about in his campaign and we were we were involved in that luckily enough is mm-hmm. this idea of masking so autistic people feel that they can't be themselves mm-hmm. so you know if I was sitting here now and I was particularly stressed I might twiddle with my pen and that's okay but if I sat here and started rocking or banging my head that wouldn't be okay mm-hmm. from a societal point of view mm-hmm. so what Kieran talks heavily about is this idea that let's you know people feel like they've got to get rid of that stuff and they've got to be normal mm-hmm. whatever normal is I really do not know what normal <laughs> yeah, is we I'm yet to meet we, anyone we almost ban yeah. that word on our show yeah, we, well, I, I hate yeah, the word you know yeah, and I, yeah. I you know listeners can't see but I use yeah. inverted commas yeah, when yeah. anyone says the word yeah, normal yeah we don't like it either um, but it's absolutely about that masking and if you imagine having to hide who you truly 
actually are day in day out and and let go of a lot of them coping mechanisms that we all take for granted that can have a massive impact on mental health um, it can have mm. a massive impact on when you get diagnosed yeah. which is yeah. why I think we see this later diagnosis. I think in Christine's case it was a huge learning curve from a learning point of view as well because we're talking about other people's reaction I mean in her case you know if you remember it was the, the viral um, Facebook and Twitter rant as it were because because their child wasn't getting invited to other kids' parties, yes, and you I've could seen that. yes, yes, you could you, that that in, in itself illustrates the kind of stigma that's out there, doesn't it? It's absolutely heartbreaking, yeah. and we hear you know that is no one-off incident. We hear right. instances like this quite often where the child is different and people don't get it, so the child is labelled yeah. naughty, and mm. the child yeah. is not naughty. The child Behavioral, is struggling yeah. with something, yeah. and they are. Mm-hmm finding life really difficult our people find life really difficult you know I've got a brother who has learning disabilities and isn't diagnosed autistic but he's probably the only person I can say officially I would I would diagnose him if I could yeah. I would say he's pretty much autistic yeah. um, and he has a real challenge life is difficult anything from going to the bank to mm. pop into Asda to buy a pint of milk you know we mm. often take that for granted for mm-hmm. for people with autism and additional concerns like or needs, whatever we yeah, want to call yeah, them mm. it, it's it's, yeah. it's hard work well for people listening to this because we've like sort of um you know thingied around because i guess we've, we've got some sort of implied understanding of what autism is mm. so i guess for people listening i mean without because it is i mean some say i mean because i've talked about parkinson's about my mom for example and that's a complicated a complicated disease or um essentially um could you describe it in a very basic sense about what happens to someone who's autistic and like because i'm assuming there's different you know versions for want of a better word like i mean um, you know yeah and it's always interesting when somebody asks me this question because i think for a start off everyone is so unique so i've worked in the field for around 17 years now not to reveal my age to anyone (laughs) so i don't want to do that but um i've never i've met individuals that share common characteristics but they affect them all in a very unique way so the way i see it is this neurological difference it's a difference it's not a deficit Mm -hmm. it's it sometimes causes challenges, but yeah. you know, lots of things in life cause cause challenges. Yep. Um, it's this difference around, often around social communication. Mm-hmm. So understanding, um, you know, what communication is like from your body language to your eye contact to your mm-hmm. verbal communication. Mm-hmm. It's around um, developing and maintaining social relationships. They mm-hmm. can be really tricky. We all know that sitting around this table, you've yeah. got to read. You've got to read the in-between of everything, haven't you, in society. It's really difficult. Um, and the, the big thing for me is the anxiety and the sensory differences. So a lot of our people will have problems interpreting um, sensory information coming in. Mm-hmm. Now, that means that they'll interpret the world differently and they'll behave in a different way to what's accepted as normal. Um, and that can cause lots of problems. So I think, you know, somebody once spoke to me, uh, somebody with autism, and they said, it's like playing a game and I don't know the rules. So life is like playing a game and yeah. we're all, us neurotypicals, again, in inverted commas, yeah. um, we know the rules to the game, but somebody with autism, they don't. So they've got to think that, yeah. really yeah. hard constantly about, well, you just looked at me like that. What did that mean? Or um, you just, you sit in a certain way now. I, 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 I don't know what that means. Or, you know, life is all about these social constraints, isn't it? And we have to put on an act a lot of the time. So yeah. we have to do things sometimes we don't want to mm-hmm. do. A lot of our people mm-hmm. will just do what they want to do because, yeah. you know, they're not playing that game of life, so to mm-hmm. speak. Yeah, so, um, that's interesting. I, I think the one thing to, to you know to take out of it all is that it's a difference and it's not a deficit. Yeah. And it can be 
real positive in people's lives. You know, I've got, I know amazing people that do amazing things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and across the whole spectrum. I mean, we've said a few times about like certain disorders. I hear this about bipolar disorder. It doesn't necessarily. It's not necessarily all bad. Um, and it it's usually as well as part of your creativity. And I'm assuming autism has a similar has a similar effect. Like you know, it, it's not necessarily as you seeing them being different. It's not necessarily all what people deem negative or positive mm. like it's just who they are as people absolutely um, yeah and, and i think one of the difficulties we have in society unfortunately and it happens all the time is when you go to meetings or you you know you, you engage with people we've got to focus on the deficit model well actually mm. what can the child do so you know we often talk about something you know very it's called um weak central coherence it probably means nothing Mm -hmm. to many people however it means an attention to detail um now that's often seen as a deficit however that is a strength there's people that work on silicon valley you know that can code computers and can spot the mistakes before anyone else because they have this attention to detail Mm -hmm. and i think that is you know that's that's a really great thing it's not not a deficit unfortunately we've only got like a few seconds left so all i want to all i want to say just before we get cut off is can you say where to find your stuff so that they know yes so we've got a website which is www.ne-as.org.uk but just type into google northeast autism society Um, and we're on facebook as well and twitter and all social media feeds Really five seconds. Very quickly, go to Anya, Hope for Anya on social media because it's about a girl who needs a kidney transplant. We need help from the BMA community. Great. Thank you, thank you to Kerry. Thank you to thank Nikki. You. We need to go. We're on in two weeks' time. Thank you, everybody. Check out the podcast. And this is Kate Bush of William Heights. Bye. Bye. <laughs>